Warning, the 619 Crimes podcast contains topics like violence, drug use, and suicide. Please consider this while listening today. Thank you. Betty Broderick. 22-year-old John Ernest. 34-year-old Sean Nelson. Kara Knott. 16-year-old Brenda Spencer. 29-year-old Ali Nasser Abulabad. This is 619 Crimes Podcast, where every Wednesday we bring you short crime stories that took place in San Diego. I am your host, Al Rodriguez. What's up, everyone? Today's episode is about an Army veteran who stole a tank. It hits home for me. I have a lot of family members who serve, and to be honest, they're never the same. So I could see how Sean ended up where he ended up. Anyways, let's get to it. Sean Timothy Nelson was born on August 21, 1959, in Birdseye, an unincorporated community in the state of Utah, to parents Betty and Fred Nelson. He was the second of three sons. It's not clear when, but his parents moved the family to Claremont, a middle-class neighborhood in San Diego. He attended high school at James Madison High, a school that is still there to this day. He graduated from James Madison in 1978. Immediately after graduation, he enlisted in the Army at age 18. He became a tank commander and was stationed in Germany. However, that didn't last long. As two years into his army career, he was found unable to serve due to his multifaceted disciplinary problems. And so the army let him go and gave him an honorable discharge. It was in 1980. Even though his career as a soldier ended early, things were looking up for Sean. He met a woman named Susie Hellman. The couple married in 1984 and six years later, Sean started his own plumbing business in 1990. Everything was looking well for Sean. However, that same year, 1990, he ended up in the emergency room in Sharp Memorial Hospital. And Sean found himself in an altercation with a security guard in the emergency room. Sean actually placed a lawsuit against Sharp Memorial Hospital for more than a million dollars but Sean ended up losing the lawsuit. And he was forced to pay for the legal fees of his lawyers and the hospital's legal fees. It is after this that Sean started to develop an addiction to pills and dope. After about a year of constant fights with Susie, she left him, stating that the alcohol and drugs were getting the best of Sean. A year later, Sean's mother, Betty, ended up in the same hospital, Sharp Memorial and Betty actually died on their care. A year later in 1993, his behavior kept getting weirder and weirder. Neighbors of his stated they saw him mining for gold in his front yard. He would even mow the lawn in the middle of the night. During that time, the cops were called to his home nine times over the span of 13 months. The cops were called for many reasons. A few times for domestic violence with his new girlfriend, 
Other times, neighbors called the cops to his home for playing music super loud in the middle of the night. At one point, his neighbors even falsely reported that Sean's van was stolen, when in fact it wasn't. But in 1994, Sean's van was actually stolen from his own driveway, taking all his work tools in the van, which eventually led to him losing his plumbing business. A year later, in 1995, Sean suffered a really bad motorcycle accident. He suffered a spinal fracture and was unable to ever do labor work again. He would most likely be in pain for the rest of his life. With no work and no money coming in, his home was foreclosed. And shortly after, his girlfriend left him. Many believe breaking up with her is what led him down a dark path. On the evening of May 17, 1995, the personnel of the armory gates at the California Army National Guard Armory were working late. For some reason, the main gate was left open and unattended. Therefore, at 6.30 p.m., Sean drove his Chevy van right in. And a shirtless Sean got off his van and he went up to a tank, broke his lock, and he jumped into the tank. He couldn't get it to start. He tried a second tank, also breaking his lock, and again, no luck. Then on his third tank, just as he broke the lock, a National Guard personnel saw him and walked up to him. Sean ignored him. He jumped inside of the tank, which was an M60A3 tank, and he started it. And he used all of the tank's 57-ton weight to crash his way through the gates to exit the armory at 645. A patrol San Diego Police Department officer saw the tank crashing through the gates. He immediately started to follow it. And he placed the first of many 911 calls at 6.46 p.m. Sean exited the armory and turned onto Ashford Street. The first thing he ran over was a fire hydrant. The second was a car that was actually parked on the driveway of a home. Sean then turned left on Baghdad Street. On that street, he smashed a truck and trailer. He even pushed the whole van onto a motorhome, demolishing all of them. He then turned right down Armstrong Street, and he smashed cars and fire hydrants. He turned right down on Beale Street, demolishing a few more cars in the process. He then turned right onto Bleak Street, and on that street, he flipped a car up in the air and onto a van. Sean went back onto Armstrong Street. Back on Armstrong, a little white truck actually came face to face with the tank, and Sean drove the tank straight to it. However, the driver of the white truck avoided the tank by driving onto a sidewalk. Sean then turned left onto Beagle Street, but he doesn't really make the turn on the first try, and he almost drove the tank into a house. He backed up the tank, and then he kept going until he hit Linda Vista Road. He made a left, and Linda Vista Road actually turns into Convo Street. He then made a left on Balboa Avenue. When Sean was on Balboa Avenue, right by the Convoy Street Wiener Schnitzel, which is still there to this day, he took out the traffic light post and that fell on top of the tank and he kept driving with the light post on top of the tank. A block away, right by the Jack in the Box, he hit another traffic light post, which knocked off the post that was on top of his tank. The dent of the impact is still on that light post to this day. 
He kept heading west on Balboa and he got onto the 805 South. A few yards after getting onto the freeway, there is a walking bridge that goes across the 805. Sean crashed the tank into the bridge column. He was trying to make the bridge collapse so that he could block off the cops. That at this point was around 20 patrol cars, but the bridge didn't fall. He then merged onto the 163 South Freeway. He tried to go over a small three-foot traffic barrier, as it appears that he was trying to go back north up to 163. The impact with the three-foot wall caused one of the tank's tracks to be dislodged, preventing Sean from keeping on this rampage. Four San Diego Police Department officers jumped on top of the tank with bolt cutters. Sean started to spin the tank in circles, trying to knock the officers off the tank. However, the cops were successful and they opened the hatch. The final moments of this rampage have been a bit of a mystery. The LA Times reported Sean was shot on the right shoulder. The New York Times reported Sean actually was alive and pulled out of the tank and arrested. People's Magazine reported Sean was shot on the left shoulder and he died on the spot. However, in the official police report, it only states that Sean was taken by the police to Sharp Memorial Hospital, where he died due to his gunshot wound. Witnesses stated seeing the tank smash everything from streetlights, fire hydrants, cars, bus benches, and utility poles, which led to the power outage of more than 5,100 homes. People at the scene also reported counting up to 40 vehicles smashed by the tank. It was clear to officers that Sean knew how to operate the tank, stating that he was working that tank pretty good. The California guard was found liable by the court due to leaving the gate unattended. The state had to pay back around $149,201. Some of that money went to Pacific Bell, a telephone company, San Diego Gas and Electric, and the rest to citizens of San Diego who had their personal property demolished by Sean. To this day, no one really knows why Sean did what he did. Some people say the man just wanted the police to shoot him, otherwise known as suicide by cop. Some say he was taking the tank to Sharp Memorial Hospital and was planning to smash the tank into it. The spot where he crashed was an exit away from the hospital. But in reality, we will never really know. That was today's episode. If you would like to show your support for this show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would truly, really help us. It would go a long way for a small show like this. Again, my name is Al Rodriguez, and this has been the 619 Crimes Podcast. See you guys next Wednesday. Peace.